0: Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we just ask you to open our hearts, open our ears to hear what your word says to us today. And Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You know what Steve was reading here, and it kind of goes on down here about your tithing. And he says, And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he'll not destroy the fruit of your ground. Neither shall the vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord. See, even under that, old dispensation there was a promise for the land to produce. Amen. How much more for the new? Amen. You know, we are in a critical time really it, you know, I remember one day Alan said one of these days all water's gonna be as valuable as oil. Amen. Now you know the land needs a needs a fresh touch, but God's promised it And you know what? He's given to us exceeding and great and precious promises that by the promises we may be a partaker of what he's promised. And we need to start believing now. It does say, pray the Lord for rain in the time of rain. So we need to be praying for rain. But, you know, there's let me me read you another scripture here in Ezekiel 34. And this is the promise of the one shepherd. And God said in Ezekiel 34, the true shepherd, and Jesus is the true shepherd. And he says... uh, he goes on down, verse uh, chapter 34, verse 23, says, I will set one shepherd over them. Who knows who that is? And he shall feed them, even my servant David. He shall feed them and, and, and be their sheep. And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them. And I, the Lord, have spoken it. And I will make with them a covenant of peace. What is that called? The new covenant. It's a covenant of peace. And look what he says here. And will cause the evil beast to cease out of their land. Now, take that too. Who is the evil one? He's been defeated. And he says, And they will dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. Now, look, and I will make them and the places round about them, my hills, a blessing. And I will cause the showers to come down in its season. And there shall be showers of blessings. And the fields, the trees of the fields, shall yield her fruit. The earth shall yield her increase. And they shall be safe in their land and shall know that I am the Lord when I have broken the bands of their yoke and delivered them out of the hands of those that serve themselves to them. And they shall no more be a prey to the heathen. Neither shall the beast of the land devour them, but they that shall dwell safely and none shall make them afraid. That's God's promise of what we already have. That's the new covenant. And so we need to start believing the rest of the report. Remember about three Sundays ago when, when I read Isaiah chapter 43? When he said this, and he says, uh, Isaiah chapter 43, he says, Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer. Did Christ redeem us? The Holy One of Israel, for your sakes I have sent Babylon, and I brought down their nobles, and the Chaldeans, and whose cry. I am the Lord, the Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus saith the Lord, which makes a way in the wilderness, a way in the sea, and path in the mighty waters. Which brings forth the chariot and the horse and the army and the power, and they shall lie down together, and they shall rise, not rise, and they are extinct, and they are quenched as told. Verse 18 is where we're going. Remember you not the former things, neither consider the things of old. And that's 2 Corinthians 5:17, verse 19, I do a new thing; it will spring forth. Shall you not know it? I'll even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. What? away in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. That's supernatural. Do you know the secret of Christianity is it's supernatural, John G. Lake says, from start to finish. That's what makes Christianity different from all the other religions. It's supernatural from start to finish. God delights to do that. The beast of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give water in the wilderness and rivers and deserts to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself, and they will show forth my praise. That's God's purpose. You know, in in the book of Job, it's about, let me see here, about chapter 14. Hold on just a second. In Job chapter 14, I want to read you something. Chapter 14 of Job, he says this, verse 7. There is hope of a tree, if it be cut down, and he says, that it will sprout again, and that the tender branch thereof will not cease, though the roots thereof wax old in the earth, And the stock thereof die in the ground, yet through the scent of water it will bud. Through the what? Just the scent of water it will bud and bring forth plants. Did you hear what he said? He's got a log cut for firewood, and it's blooming. I told him he should have brought it. It's a sign and a wonder. This is what God is saying, that don't look at something as dead when he says it's alive. Even though it's dead and it's cut off and it's for firewood, it will bloom if God says for it to bloom. So we need to see this drought needs to be broken over this whole area. Buffalo Lake needs to be full. Meredith needs to be full. All these lakes need to be full and running. This Tierra Blanca Creek here that used to run with fresh water all the time and Jenna's dad used to catch a bass out of that river. Listen, because of the new covenant, God has lifted the curse off the land. Yes, Lord. Yes. We don't have to put up with that stuff anymore. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. He has promised it and what? This is the thing. As many, Alan preached on that one Sunday. As many as received him. To them gave you power to become sons of God. That word received there is an aggressive word. It's not a passive word. It means to take by force. There is something resisting you to keep you taking by force what God has freely given to us. Yes, right. And so you've got to take those promises. Whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises, Second Peter chapter 1, that we may be a partaker of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. And what? Given all diligence. Add to your faith. How are you going to add to it? You're going to take that promise. Virtue, knowledge, temperance. How are you going to get it? By taking the promise. You gotta take it. Amen. There's a taking of things. He didn't leave us here just to put up with all this stuff. He said, occupy till I come. See, a lot of people thought, oh, just get me out of this place. Well, that's real fine. But in Psalms, I think it's 15, 16 or sixteen fifty says fifteen, says the heaven is created for God. But the earth he's created for the sons of men. This earth, I, we may go to heaven. I got news for you. We're coming back to occupy for a thousand years. So why don't we want to just give up on this thing? We're going to be here for another thousand years till it's all wrapped up. And then what's he going to do? He's going to make a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. But don't get in too big a hurry to get out of here. What does it say? First Peter, this had nothing to do with what I'm preaching. First Peter chapter 3, it says what? He that sinneth is of the devil. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. The devil's come to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus has come to destroy him that destroy. Hebrews chapter two fourteen. For as much then as children are partakers of flesh and blood, he himself likewise took part of the same, that through his death he might destroy him that hath the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. And he has the keys of death and hell. Amen. He's not going to get them. He already has them. Amen. It's nothing to wait for. It's time to take what's been freely given to us. Amen. You see what he's saying to us? So we're to occupy till he comes. You know, he has parables. He said, I want to come back and receive mine with interest. Mm-hmm. I want you. And we read it this morning, Matthew, in John chapter 14, in verse 12, he says, The works that I do shall you do also. And greater works. But he said, he that believeth on me. Now that word on me is not the Greek word. The Greek word there on me is into me. He that believeth into me. The works that I do shall he do. Greater works shall he do because I go to the Father. What is that saying? It's our union with him. We go into this world not on our own. We go into this world (laughs) in him. Because in him we live and move and have our being. See, I, I think it, I just... I don't know about you, but inwardly my spirit's grieved with this drought. I'm just grieved with it because I've seen it a different way. It's been here too long. I see all the promises when it comes to God. Drought is one of them that's not part of us. That's not a part who, would, you know, and, and it even said that Isaac, what did Isaac do? He sowed seed in the year of, in the drought. And that same year, God got a hundredfold harvest in the same year. He sowed his seed in a year of drought. He, he gave, what did you call that? What was the word you said? Violently. Violently yes. In a drought, he sowed his seed. In the same year, he received a hundredfold. What's that called in our terms? Faith. Yes. That's called faith. It's the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. Right. So I really believe we got to start believing and praying that God will send this rain. I, I believe You know, how many remember that video we watched where in uh, what little country was that in Mexico? Guatemala. Guatemala. This little transformation. And I met the guy that went into that place, and we met him in Arkansas. He went to that place and started preaching on deliverance and healing. And he got all the drunks delivered and set free in that little town. All of them, all the bars closed. They had two, two jails in the city. They closed because there was no need for them. Amen. And you know what started happening? Revival. They had churches and bars instead of where bars were. All of a sudden, the curse was lifted off the land. Instead of one truck a, a month or whatever they was having, they was having seven to eight trucks a week coming out of that place. Going, and they driving Mercedes Benz trucks. Hauling this, this fruit to market. And we, they showed the picture. Carrots this long. It was incredible. And all the the scientists of the whole world come to that little place to see what was happening to the land and why it was producing what it was. I'll tell you why. Because the curse was lifted. Amen. Listen, yes. the curse has been lifted off. Yes. All creation yes. is waiting for a manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. Why? So it can be delivered from the bondage of this curse. But as long as people are operating under the curse of, of performance and self-efforts and all that, the curse remains. We've got to lift that curse. By Christ became a curse for us. Why? So we could be made to righteousness. Christ delivered us from that curse. Amen. The curse is broken. So we can freely, the, the, all creation is still waiting for us to figure out who we are. Right? right? Yes. And so it's not a time to, the. De- you know, I grieve. We can't passively sit back and let the world do what it's done to the church for the last 2,000 years. You know, there's a place to stand up for what he's already paid for. And your biggest battle is not going to be the world. It's going to be other people that's saying you're a heretic. It was a religious bunch that hung Jesus on the cross. It wasn't the sinner's. Ah well But we've been given promises that by these promises how? We are partaker of His divine nature. That's called exchange. Amen. We have been made partakers of His divine nature. He that knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the very righteousness of God. I'm gonna tell you something, you're not gonna get any more righteous than you already are. Right. We were just reading an article back here. You know, there's, there's people coming against the grace movement. I mean violently. It's religious spirit. And he made a statement with three parts. We're spirit, soul, and body. We got a new spirit, but our soul and body is still in the process of being saved. And it's up to you to get it saved. I'm going to tell you, God help us. If we could save ourselves, he wouldn't have to. It ain't about you doing something. It's about you receiving something. When Jesus said, The very God of peace, sanctify you wholly, W H O L O Y, and I pray your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless, holy at his coming, which he already has. Faithful is he who called you who has also done it. There's nothing left for you to do but receive it. Even your sanctification is not a process. He said it's called the process of sanctification. I'm telling you, there's no such thing. Scripture, in Hebrew says, by one offering we have been sanctified once for all. Amen. Sanctified what? Once forever. for all, forever. forever. Yes. Once sanctified. First Corinthians one thirty: Of Him are you sanctified, okay. justified, glorified, and any other five you can think of. Okay. That no flesh will glory in His presence. Amen. It's resting in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's called grace, and grace is not a doctrine, it's a person. We beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. He is grace in in his person. And you can't, either you're saved by grace or you're saved by works. Just decide which way you want to go. If you choose the other, you know, I'm sorry. I tried it for too many years, it doesn't work. I said, so, there's a real attack right now that's going on with all that. And I'm, and And don't be upset with these people. Don't be critical of them, because we was all there just a few years ago in our thinking. And the only reason we see difference is because we received more grace. Grace of his fullness have we all received. Grace in exchange for more grace. Every time he gives you a little grace, Kent, you use that grace he's given you, and all of a sudden it opens up another realm of grace. I look at where God's taken us over the last few years. It didn't come all at once. It's come by little by little. One revelation upon the next revelation. And you know what? There's thousands of more to come that we have not even seen. Why? We beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord are being exchanged into the very image of Christ, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. The purpose of the Holy Spirit here for us is to take the church and conform it to the image of His Son because we are the body of Christ. And we are in him, and we can't get out of him. Gotcha. That's the whole issue, is it? you know, I remember years ago, Bob Mumford said, God's going to judge the church as the degree that is conformed to the image of Christ. Well, that was good preaching at that time, and it was the truth. But what I heard is, I've got to conform myself to his, to his image. I've got to pray more, I've got to fast more, I've got to do all these things so I can get better. I can be a little more like him. The enemy just wants you to twist the truth just a little bit. So you go back to to self instead of him. Scripture says looking to who? Jesus. I believe he's the author and I believe he's the finisher. And he's everything in between. And it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Everything we have has been freely given to of his fullness, says of the fullness of God. Christ is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. How much is full mean? me? All of it. All of it, and you are complete in Him, who is the head of all principalities and power. Listen, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's doing His best to try to convince us of sin, righteousness, and judgment of the sin of unbelief, of righteousness because you can't get any more righteous, and judgment because of the prince. of This world has already been judged. Even in the book of Isaiah, it says in chapter, if I think about verse 14 there, chapter 14, it says one of these days everybody's going to look upon Satan and say, is this the thing that caused all the problem? Is this what shook the world up so bad, this thing right here? In shock. Why? Because he's been defeated. Your adversary as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour So you just well be passive and let him devour you. Is that what the scripture says? What does it say? Whom resists what? Steadfast in your self-efforts? No. No. In the faith. Steadfast in the faith. Guess? Knowing something. If you don't know something, you can't resist steadfast in the faith. That little word knowing something, you got to understand the knowing. He doesn't have a right anymore. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. Ah.